Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast, brought to you by sportstalk.ie. Our podcast will be available every Monday covering the 2019 ladies football and camogie seasons. You can find our podcast on all online platforms by searching Sports Girls Podcast. Stay tuned to Sports Talk this year via the hashtag GAA Family as we continue our promotion of hurling, football and camogie. Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and joining me this evening is former Donegal captain Nadine Doherty and we are delighted to be joined as well by a cabin's very own Ashleen Sheridan. Ashleen and her local club Mullahorn won the Podio Shea tournament last week. Congratulations Ashleen and then Cavan picked up their first win in Division 2 yesterday with a great comeback against Clare. So we'll talk about all that in the roundup and our chat with Ashleen. So welcome on board ladies. Thank you. Right, we had plenty of action over the weekend, so we'll start with Saturday's games. Nadine, a very entertaining contest in Crow Park, and uh, we got to hear the dulcet tones again of our regular football expert, Diana Hora. Dublin coming from behind to record a two-point win. Yeah, um, you know, Dublin, I suppose they stuttered and stammered throughout the game, I felt really. Um, up front, their finishing was um, shocking, really, to say the least. Um you know, not like the Dublin we know, um, the Sinead Herons and the likes, but it was pretty poor. Uh, credit to Mayo, fine display, I mean, and well-taken scores, you know. They took the scores when it counted, and they took all their chances. And I saw they're on with three minutes to go. They were still in the game. They got the two points to level it up, and they seemed like they'd push on. But fair play to Dublin. Um, they stuck at it, and, you know, they got those crucial scores at the end. But, uh, yeah, Dublin, I suppose, the last time I was on the podcast, um, Dublin had lost to Donegal, um, and I just feel, and I suppose saying it again, their squad players, I just, again, I think it proved on, on Saturday night that they just aren't really up to it. Um, aside from Siobhan Killeen, um, who looked like she could be a serious option up front, um, there wasn't really much else showing. Um, Mayo, excellent. Um, mm. re- I'd say they'll take great heart from that display. They were they were gutted at the end, actually. So it just shows, you know, how serious they were taking that game. And I suppose the boost that it definitely would have given them the two Kellys up front were fantastic. Grace in particular. Um, Caffrey was very good. Fiona Doherty's point. Um, in the second half was the best score in Crow Park oh, yeah. last night. Incredible score. I thought their midfield were, you know, I suppose with the loss of certain players from the last couple of years, I thought their midfield was really strong, really physical and mobile, you know, and very clever. And I think huge shout out to their cornerback, Danielle Caldwell. I thought she had an incredible game. Um, I don't know how she didn't get player of the match. Um, um, I was a bit puzzled by that. But no, overall, you know, a really, really good standard of football. Um, better than the second game yep. that we saw. Um, and I think Mayo will definitely take heart. And Dublin, yeah, I don't know, you know, the vulnerable psyche might be creeping back in with your non-season players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how their league continues. Drama in the Cork game with Tip scoring a late goal to claim yeah. a one-point win. Ashley Maloney scored 2-9 and yeah. Ashleen Sheridan herself would be very good friends with Ashley Maloney. Ashley, did you see the goal she scored? I actually did. Yeah. Um, it was an amazing goal. I see it during the rounds all over the internet. And probably one of the best goals that has been seen in I don't know how long. Um, her set her back to the goal yeah. and whatever way she clean fisted 
the ball into the back of the net and then even for the second goal um, with the 16 year old girl that got it you know it was a great delivery Ashley Mooney once again delivered the ball straight in great pass long range pass bypass a few court players and yeah it was brilliant so it was Nadine it just goes to show you that you play to the final whistle don't you yeah absolutely and I suppose ironically Cork um, would have been the team who, mm. who laid that foundation down as you know you keep going to the end of fair play to tip I mean Going down to Cork, uh, Tip recently relegated, which again, it's a bit of a joke, it's a, a disgrace that they are. Um, but uh, oh, they were brilliant, they were brilliant and just kept going. And that that win will be very important for Tip. You know, they're in a position now whereby they could make a semi-final of a Division 1 league. And, you know, I think credit does have to go to Ashley Maloney. Tip are a strong unit, they're well organised. But I mean, she's just she just powers them on. She's incredible. Um, I I place her in one of the top five players in the country at the minute, and possibly over the last couple of years. Um, she's so clever. She's she can pass the ball. I mean, as we said, that goal last night. I mean, yeah. her quick her her thinking. I mean, there's very few players um in any code that would have the quick thinking to do that. Um, credit to her, you know, fair play, and that kind of started the. The comeback as such, um, but she was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Also on Sunday, we had the two teams that are leading the division. Galway made it three wins from three with a nine-point win over Westmead, and then your own Donegal, they're in top on score difference after their win over Monaghan. Yeah, I suppose the Galway game was kind of over by half time. Now I didn't see any footage from it, but just from you know reading reports, and mm. um, it was over by half time. I think at one point. They were up by 15 points. Um, and saying that, I feel Westmead will probably be happy enough going home with that respectable enough scoreline, getting two goals, mounting a bit of a comeback. Um, and as well with Westmead, just you know, looking through the reports again, there are a few new faces in the team, which is really, really positive. Um, and with Galway, I suppose it's the same names. We're used to the Leonards, the Divilies just leading away um, for Galway as per usual. But they'll be happy with that. Um, and they'll, they'll be happy enough sitting in second place. Right, we'll move on to Division 2 and uh, we've got someone who was at the game on Saturday. Ashley, your Calvin side, they turned a six-point halftime deficit into a three-point winning margin. Great win for you. Yeah, um, it was brilliant. We were delighted to get our first win um, of the season. Like, you know, halftime, there was still a lot in us. Um, like, we weren't happy with how we were performing. Um, especially with it being a home game and the crowd being there, you know, we really want to perform. So it was, I think, even straight after the throw-up into the second half, we got a point board and then we just needed to keep working on the first. Just keep working to the finish line. You know, it was only the last 10 minutes, I think it was, where we started getting the lead. We got a penalty, which really helped. And then we just started um, overturning their kick out with really pressed there and pushed on in the last 10 minutes. Probably there's not a thing we can work on thinking back to the game now. We hope that we can kind of build on it for our next few games. Nadine, a surprise win, really. Wexford beating Tyrone. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, Tyrone have been hitting in a lot of goals. They would have been very confident going down to Wexford, but all credit to, to the Wexford girls. Um, and that could be a very, very important win for, for them. Um, you know, Claire and Leash yet to win. Um, had Wexford not won that game, they'd really be looking into a relegation battle, so fair play to them. Tyrone will be very disappointed, I'd say. Um, they definitely would have identified that as a, a three-pointer for them. Armagh made it three wins from three with a 12-point win over Waterford. And such a high-scoring game today. Leash were defeated by Kerry, 6-13 to 2-17. Now, 2-17 girls would win any game for you. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Kerry are really, Kerry and Armagh are setting the standards yeah. in that division. Um, I find Armagh has straightened the last number of years. You know, they're kind of yo-yoing up and down between Division 2. They put up massive, massive scores in Division 2. And then for whatever reason, you know, they don't seem to carry any momentum into Division 1. Um, fully expect themselves and Kerry to be um, in a semi-final um, at the very least. And yeah, Leith will really feel, you know, they'd feel disappointed, as you said, 217 would definitely go very far in winning a match for you. Um, and again, you know, Leith are at the bottom of the table. Um, they're in dangerous territory now at this stage of the season. Ashley, we were just talking about that, of how competitive Division 2 is. I suppose for yourselves, Calvin, it's to take every game as it comes. Yeah, that's it. Like, we're coming now. Our next game is against Waterford. The last year of the league, they got up um, when we met them. So we met them, I think it was the semi-final again, and we just got by them then, yeah. so I know next week it's, it's going to be very tough. Like I, I, I can't even call it myself. And then even just looking at the scoring, like two seventeen from Leeds, like yeah. that's that's massive scoring, seventeen points. Like, and um, would really, it really, it really would win a game. So you know, like every game, you're just gonna have to take every game that comes, and you can't win two certain that you're gonna win, and you're just gonna have to back yourself and hopefully get across the finish line. Yeah, that that score nearly shows, you know, Kerry obviously have a vulnerability there at the back. Um, so, you know, teams down the line like yourselves, I suppose, Ashley, like, you'd be targeting to hit Kerry. I mean, if you look at Leith, they're yeah. rooted to the bottom of the table. They're hitting 217. Yeah, Kerry are hitting 613. But there's obviously holes in that defence that could be picked. So it's, you know, video analysis maybe on Kerry and you, you could see yourselves coming out with the win. Yes, exactly. Kerry, it's the game after Waterford, and um, we we'll really be trying to focus now. Especially mm. them getting six goals, you kind of be trying to keep your back line nice and tight. And yeah. Not let that happen because that amount of goals would kill off any team as well. Mm. Right, we'll move on to Division 3. All the games were on Saturday. Longford and Offaly drew. Um, I was at that game myself, and I just want to bring up something. The GAA, every game, you should have your uh, referee his four umpires, and then I know that the home county have to, to um, supply two lines people. Yesterday, Offaly only had one person, so it was actually a coach from Offaly decided to take the flag, fair play to him for doing it. But he continued on to coach, gave instructions from the line, decided to make a phone call about changes during the game, and I just thought, how is that fair? And, you know, for an inter-county game. Oh, yeah. shocking. I mean... Division three of a national football league and that carry on is happening. It's actually disgraceful, really. And to be honest, if I was Longford and Offaly, I probably would have tried to get that game called off because unless we take a stance on these things okay. and really put our foot down, it's going to continue to happen. Um, it's laughable and it's, I suppose it's what keeps happening yeah. in the association and it's, it's just, there's no place for it. It's embarrassing. Um, and you know you wouldn't see it at, a, at an underage lads no. match and that's yeah. the match will be called off end of story so at a national level I mean if I was Ashley in Longford now especially Longford I'd be writing a strongly worded letter to Crow Park or I'd be going on social media to ensure that doesn't happen again it's a you know it's shocking whenever about him coaching it was just he took it I said to someone I was like is he, out, is he taking out his phone took out the phone and then I was like how can you be impartial now in all fairness None of his decisions, about, apart from maybe one line ball, you know, went yeah. against Longford or, you know, it, it changed the, the game in any way or anything like that. But I just thought, you know, for a ladies' game, as you said, it's an inter-county game. Yeah. The girls deserve so much better. Like, would you see it at a Division 1 game? 
you know, every division could be treated the same, especially mm. kind of in the lower divisions. You don't, you know, you want the same support there as the Division One, Division Two teams are getting. Um, and it's a, I know they talk about equality, but it should be equality as well between the divisions, especially yeah. in ladies football. You know, we really need good promotion. Um, all the visions trying to keep football, ladies football high and get the support. So it is a disgrace and something went on. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't take it serious. I mean, regardless of his decisions or his coaching yeah. or whatever it is, it's just amateurish and yeah. it's laughable. And had that match not been played, well, the association might think twice about letting a referee go down or letting the county team um, line out without um, umpires or lines people or whatever it is. Um, it's just, it's laughable and disgraceful. It's, it really, really is. Right, in the other games, Wicklow had a very good win at home mm. to Kildare. Mead met it three wins from three. I think we're just going to say that Mead, you know, I think we're going to win yeah. the division. Yeah. Um, the big Ross Common and Sligo had a five-point win over Down. Like, it was their first win. Wicklow, I mean, they're, they're up there, you know, they're doing really well in that division. You could actually see them really, really pushing for a promotion spot. And it's great because I, I think a lot of underage work has gone into Wicklow the last couple of years. They faded off after winning that junior All-Ireland and they just seem to be coming back now and they have a nice blend of young and old. Um, it's the same for Kildare. You know, they're sitting second bottom in that Division 3 and you're kind of thinking, God, if Kildare, you know, a really good tradition in ladies' football, club and county, and if they're to get relegated to, the, you know, the bottom division, mm. the bottom tier, I think that will be a, a sad day for Kildare football. I really hope now, in, you know, the next couple of weeks, that somebody takes a stranglehold there and, and gets them out of where they are. Um, and, yeah, Sligo, good win. Down, again, seemed to be mm. on the up. Um, good win for Sligo, away from home. Need it as well, badly need it. Um, they're in that bottom half of the table. So, yeah, that Division 3, there's... You know, traditional names there, Down, Sligo, Kildare, who'll be needing big wins in the next couple of weeks. Right, we move on to Division 4. Antrim had a very comfortable win over Kilkenny. Kind of expect that. Limerick beat Fermanagh by two points. Leitrim were beaten by Louth by a goal. And, you know, Gavin Cawley messaged me to say, you know, that they should have won at Leitrim. You know, they had chances. And then Carlo made it three wins from three with a very comfortable win over Derry, which I was surprised at when I seen the scoreline. Yeah, Carlo, um, the club and Carlo, I think they had a good run in the junior yeah, last junior, yeah. year. Yeah, um, so the Carlo County team are probably, you know, working off the back of that. Um, yeah, Leitrim would be disappointed. Um, I suppose at the start of the year, we identified Lowes and Limerick as the two um, top teams in that division. But, you know, looking at the table, Limerick are mid-table, mm. Lowes aren't near the top. So, yeah, it's proven to be an interesting division now. Um, be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I know there's still so much to play for. Now we're going to have a chat with Ashleen Sheridan. You're the legal brand ambassador. You're also now an athletic therapist. Um, you won the Player of the Podio Shea Tournament last year, and then then again this year. I suppose we start off with with um, the Podio Shea Tournament. Fourth stock were down there last week, and they showed the game live on Facebook. You lost the final last year, so I suppose it was nice to come back and and win it this year. Yeah, exactly. Last year, I suppose, was our first year down, and we kind of didn't know what to expect. Um, a few teams had to pull out then of our tournament because some of the league games were cancelled last year due to the weather, so like the Tipperary team and Kerry team wasn't there. But um, yeah, we met it to the final last year, and we were playing Bally Bowden, um, and we lost, and we kind of got that, that bite in us then that, you know, we wanted to come back next year and get to the final again and win it out. So um, we came down again this year 
We actually didn't meet bodybuilding, but they were down there. They played Thamesport, another Calvin team. Um, and, yeah, we met at the final, and we were playing Thomas Davis. And, you know, it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant weekend. Um, very enjoyable. And, you know, the crack was hard, but um, it was still taken serious all the same. Yeah, last year, um, the Sheridans made a name for themselves, not just because of your football, but because it was a real family affair with your sisters and your mum. And I suppose people don't realise as well that you also have cousins from your dad's side and your mum's side who play for Mullerhorn as well. So it's a real family affair. Common and joke at home is that we'd make our own nine side team just from the family alone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it really is my last one of my Geraldine, uh, she's just one older than me. She um, has done the ligament her knee, so she couldn't fully play at the weekend. And Mona was actually saying um, the last year's Potty O'Shea tournament was the last public game she played in the year after she broke her leg. So oh. this is her first game back was actually at the Potty O'Shea tournament then this year. So um, it really it really was great. Then we have, I have three cousins on my man's side and then my, I have one cousin on my dad's side, so yeah, there's, there's a good career of us as well, yeah. And on the Calvin side as well, because now you have yourself and Geraldine, as you mentioned, is back um, from injury and you've got Mona, so it's yourself and your two sisters involved with the Calvin setup. So, um, so in line of us anyway, um, and the, on the county team, which is great. Yeah, you can keep the, kind of the county standard in even Mullerhorn itself, mm. just get girls wanting to play county football. And Ashley, would you find yourself just out of habit, um, looking for Geraldine inside, say, and would yeah. you want to look for you? <laughs> That's it, exactly. You know, people tell me, they'll be like, uh, you know, me and Geraldine work so well together, I'm able to find her for a pass. But I think that definitely club football that I'm just yeah. used to letting it into her. So um, it, it definitely is a positive, but uh, it's just we can't forget about other players either. Yeah, it's almost a telepathic instinct, isn't it? Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cabin, um, you know that you got your first win uh, this weekend. You had a draw in the first game against Tyrone, and then obviously the game against Armagh. You know, as Nadine said, Armagh are, are very strong, and they'll be looking to go back up to Division One. You've James Daly there for a second year. So are you glad that Cavan gave James two years at least, and um, he could build on something there. Yeah, exactly. Like we had James last year, and we know his style of training and his <laughs> style of football and what. And you know he's very good, and he's not a hard, and you know he really wants to win. And I suppose the game against Armagh kind of didn't do us any justice. And um, it was it was a bad day definitely at the office. But yeah, James is brilliant. Nothing has kind of changed from last year, and you know we managed the final uh, last to lose by the point. So hopefully. Yeah. Um, now James kind of knows he knows the players he knows how to deal with us and he knows how we play so we're just going to kind of hopefully work on that and push on he definitely and, wears his heart on his sleeve do you know him yeah, yeah no I would have come across James um, when I was involved at Westmead and also when I would have been um, yeah. playing with Donegal um, yeah definitely wears his heart on his sleeve he's a tight man on the sideline now you wouldn't oh, be yeah, crossing yeah. over you wouldn't be asking for a bottle of water there now when there's about five minutes to go. I used to be like um, that going after for an interview at the end of a game. You'd be like going, Oh, no, I'd say you have to leave it for 10 minutes. No, yeah, grand. For... He's oh, grand, right, right. actually. He's actually grand, yeah, you know. know once you cross the white line. Right now. Isn't, isn't, yeah, do you yeah. know what, Ashley? He's a big cuddly bear, isn't he, really? Oh, he is. Oh, dear, he honestly is. I know people are going to... 
big dog is definitely worth yeah. his bite. He may stay on the sideline, but at deep down, like, he really, he really does want the best for us. Yeah. And yeah. He is, he's a lovely man, yeah. Yeah, and Ashley, can I ask you, you know, I suppose, with, I'd always feel with management teams, their first year, they come in, they really focus on getting the defence right, um, even if there's nothing wrong with the defence, for some reason, they always get sorted first. Um, is it a case this year that you're focusing maybe on your forward line where there's been a lot of changes as well? Yeah. Like I know Bruno yeah. Sheridan's yeah. gone and Ashling, and there's a real a fine lineage of tradition there. I'd find with cabin forwards, you know, there's Emma Clark and Roshan O'Keefe, Grania Smith, you know, brilliant footballers, and you're kind of now the the talisman of of that team. Um, yeah. So would you find that there's a lot of work maybe being done there now um, going forward? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, as you said, like the you know Ashley Doonan and Brona and all the girls that kind of have been around for the last few years aren't there this year. Um, so like you know the you know the average age probably of our forward line is probably twenty. So um, there is definitely a lot of work going on. And just getting used to playing with each other. Yeah, Ashley Doonan was a brilliant playmaker. You know, she knew how to take a pass. Ah, yeah. And she knew how to set up other players and was never selfish or anything like that. So we're just quite trying to get used to moving the ball and kind of setting it up the way, like, to get other players into the game and just, yeah, we're definitely working on it in terms yeah. of Yeah, and you're, you're in fairness, you're, you're probably at a bit of an advantage when you're all quite young and you can put your own stamp on it now. You know, yeah. there's, you're collectively... I suppose, driving forward as a unit. So that could definitely work to your advantage. Yeah, exactly. You know, those living cabin have been doing, I don't believe, for the last few yeah. years. You know, um, a lot of us have won the minors and under 16 and have played together. Yeah, so yeah. we kind of know what it feels like to win. Um, that's standard. You know, the Division 2 or even senior standards, you know, when you get the ball, you have you don't have as long to think about it as maybe you yeah. would when you're three, playing. Three-second rule, nearly. Yeah. Or you might be getting his after that, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, it's so great though, just to have the youth and then hopefully it'll progress. Great. You mentioned about the underage structure, and I have to say, great credit to Cav and ladies for the work that they have put in at underage. And you can see it now, you know, as you said, about you winning titles with underage and the under-14s up, I suppose, for myself and yourself, uh, one of the people involved with ladies football down in Cavan and, and the man that had helped with your under-14s, Mick Flynn. What can you say about him? Yeah, Mick, oh, he was brilliant. He was even involved when I think I was under-14, so <laughs> he's definitely been around a while. And, you know, he, underage in Cavan has changed completely. Probably when I was in the 14, kind of winning the B category, mm. but um, now they're winning all Ireland, you know, division A, like it's massive. And Nick really has given his path and a lot of his time and really got everything he had, so, uh, uh, has. So, um, just underage is just phenomenal. It's just trying to keep them players staying. It's probably the hard thing now, you know, the drop off from minor yeah. to senior is massive. So, it's just really about trying to keep them wanting to stay and progress on. Like the last couple of years, though, for yourselves has been terrific, you know, since winning that intermediate title and going up to senior, you know, you've done well at at senior level. I suppose the disappointing thing in the last couple of years was that Division 2 final last year and, you know, you lost it the year before as well. But I think last year's final, was that harder to take than the previous year? I think we can talk about the, the tough situation that yeah. probably given at the end. And, you know, in the game we did miss, probably a good few chances and kind of goals that we would have scored on another day which definitely would have benefited us but um, I just think I don't know what way the luck was kind of going with us we really pushed hard 
know, Mona broke her leg the, the Friday before yeah. the game. You know, the game was on the Sunday and she broke her leg. So I think his luck wasn't with us that day. And it's all, you know, a learning curve. And just to say, you're the winner, you learn. So it's just we've taken or we took what we could from that game. And we played then Tipperary in the relegation battle. Yeah. And we come out on top, which was obviously brilliant. So, you know, we still learned a lot from that game. But it definitely was, it was a really hard one to take. I'm sure, Nadine, you probably had tough tussles with Calvin over the years. Yeah, um, early on, it was when I started with Donegal. Um, that was only a few years America. ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, geez, yeah. Um I came back from my stint in America, and it was '03 when we actually went on to win the junior. It was junior at the time, you know, there was no intermediate competition. And um, our first game in Ulster was against Calvin, actually. And it was built, or sorry, it was our second game. Our first game was against Armagh. And we sneaked that by, I think, a goal. And then our semi-final was against Calvin, our final possibly. Um, and very tight matches, very much. So it was when that crew of Brona Sheridan and mm-hmm. Ashley Doonan and Emma Clark, they had just come out of minor. Um, but always, yeah, massive tussles. And even when I was coaching West Mees, um, Calvin would have been, you know, Calvin Donegal were in and out of Division 2 that time. They would have been our main um, rivals, I suppose. Always a very, very tough game. Um, but I suppose going back to what Ashley said there, you know, about losing that final, I'm all, I'm still going to say it was a penalty at the end. I think Calvin yeah. should have had a penalty to win it. I'd still say that. But I think as well, in reflection, Ashley, you'd probably take... The, the relegation win 100%. over, yeah. yeah, you know, somebody had to come to you at the start of the season and said, would you take a Division 2 or would you rather be relegated? You'd take that. But, um, yeah, I felt that day that penalty was a definite penalty. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a tough one to take. We always talk about referees every week. Your dad, actually, <laughs> the man in the middle, would you follow your dad now and take up the whistle? Oh, no. <laughs> To be honest, I say any of the referees is a great person. Um, I definitely not something I'd ever think of getting into because um, you know, one of the best referee in Ireland, and he still make wrong decisions. There's mm. still be stuff that people won't yeah. with. You'll never get the crowd 100% happy, and you'll have people complaining and stuff. Even if you think they did a brilliant job, someone else might think you know this decision shouldn't went that way. So um, I think I'll just stick to James. Well, see, your dad has a great attitude, though, because I've often, you know, been at games where your dad is either ref the ladies or a men's game and goes out there and he seems to enjoy it more than anyone else. <laughs> That's it, exactly, sir. Um, dad was over us the time we won the, the, the All-Ireland. Yeah. And um, he always was running on off the pitch, so, you know, you can't leave the white box, but um, he was <laughs> there. I've been doing this up to the All-Ireland, you know, I've been running on off. And, uh, yeah, he's talking about it. You know, with his rules kind of thing. How was it now, you know, when you did mention that about, about your dad, he uh, got you there to the promised land, but having him as a manager? Um, yeah, it was it was good. It was my first year in the county, so I still was, I suppose, a bit timid. You have to treat us like we're normal players. He's been managed us for a um, club, and, you know, our cousins probably have managed us for a club and stuff, so you just kind of have to take it as that's your manager when you're on the pitch. You know, it's not your dad, it's whoever, it's your coach. And then, you know, once you get home, then it's, <laughs> there might be an, an odd argument or something. But, um, yeah, no, on the training field or on the pitch, or any match, you know, if he's a manager, he's your coach. And you, don't, you mightn't agree with what he says, but you can't really start an argument there and then. What is it like, though, away from the football field in the Sheridan homestead? Because I know 
you know, both sides of your fam, you know, your mum's side and your dad's side, live, breed football. Do you talk football at home? Oh uh, yeah, after every sub game or county game, there's a there's a post match analysis. You know, people might call around, the kettle is on, and um, you go through the games or whatever. But uh, it's brilliant. Like you know, you like them at home, and it's brilliant even to have them there. They're just so supportive, and you know, the stuff I lived anywhere or he was gone or they didn't ever say no or they like you know they'd be more than happy to bring you and just be there to support. <laughs> Ashley, you're brand ambassador for Lidl, so uh, what does that entail? Lidl's kind of representing the brand, you know, Lidl have put so much into Lidl's football in the last three years, and, you know, this, the fourth year on board, and then they've another two after this year. And they're really promoting the game, and you just have to look at the crowds that attend the, the finals to just even see how much the game has actually progressed, and the support that has come on in the last few years. And um, I suppose anything they kind of want me to do, I'd have no problem doing it. You know, I was only delighted to be asked. You know, it's different, I suppose, when you look at your kind of Ulster counties, you know, sometimes Calvin probably is quite a smaller one when you yeah. compare them to others. So, like, even to get asked, was, I was just absolutely delighted. And, you know, I felt really lucky, you know, I'm with other girls from Mayo. And just really helping promote the ladies' football, I suppose. Ashley, you were on about Lidl and um, what they've done, but I think it works both ways because they're pumping money into a product, but you know they're getting money out of the product because our games have really improved. Three games on last night, the Dublin Mayo ladies, then the men's game, and then Tyrone and Monaghan. The best game of football was Dublin and Mayo and the ladies. Yeah, that's it. I think uh, there's still some people around these days, you know, that think that women shouldn't be playing sports. And, you know, we shouldn't be on the television. And, you know, you'll always have kind of them keyboard warriors, you suppose you call them. But, yeah, the Dublin ladies game, like, I even, I was watching it, it through the phone and um, I was taking in and out. And I seen Rachel Kennedy's scores, like, they were phenomenal, like, yeah. a um, And, you know, I actually heard a lot of people saying how, how brilliant they actually found the ladies game in comparison to the men so um, you know it's definitely good and it's definitely it's great that it's on the up it's just about trying to keep it keep it on the up that's exactly well it's up to yourself now Miss Sheridan you're yeah. an athletic therapist um, you've studied long and hard in DCU do you miss the football side of uh, being in college because um, oh, yeah big time I actually I miss it so much I didn't actually think I would and listen as much as I do, you know, even just, you know, the difference being playing with different girls. And, you know, I met so much friends in college, you'd be in contact with them the whole time, and then I'd be meeting them on the pitch maybe half the weekend. Mm. So um, it, I really do miss it. And I love CC, you know, it's a phenomenal college. And I was lucky enough to have Peter Clark over me and Andy McNally. So, like, even just to get experience of different managers. Um, was brilliant and especially Peter like he definitely was my favourite manager ever just even he had so much understanding of the game and everyone just had so much respect and he just was really brilliant and I definitely wouldn't have sat now this year um, you've, you've probably answered my, my question that I wanted to ask you Ashley you know I, I would watch DCU a good bit um, and I'd be very familiar with Peter um, as a coach and highest respect for Peter. We were in many yeah. battles as I was a player and a coach. But you know the the style of football that you would have played in DCU and that his teams I suppose have played for the last 
10 years really um, would be a style that some people would have found very negative I suppose um, did you find that it was frustrating at times as a forward um, um, I didn't I didn't I suppose um, like when we the players we had was amazing but like you know you did have your kind of wing forward like a lot of in that position they were doing a lot of work but um it was defensive and then, but it did leave space as well for the attacking. So yeah, and you, would you have played inside most of the time? Yeah, I would have. Been, okay, me and Sarah probably would have been kind of in the full forward line. So okay, yeah. So you would have felt like those overall it did improve you as a player, or would it? Would you have felt that at times it possibly limited you as a as a player in terms of expressing yourself, let's say, as as a forward? It's hard to know. I suppose. I actually, you know, I did completely enjoy it, um, but like every girl, kind of, you know, we need Kelly, Sarah, Ashley, Maloney, like, you know, you could, the list goes on. And yeah. And, like, the footballers were just, the standard we had was amazing, but um, then when it came to the final uh, against UL, you know, we knew the players they had, and we kind of nearly had to change up, you know, what positions people were playing because certain players were being marked by like different people, so someone yeah. was maybe a wing half back, they might be playing on the forward line because they had to mark this player, or a forward had to play as midfield. So it kind of, I think, kind of when it came to the final, it kind of changed it because we had a different plan to try. Get yeah, which that. which was probably difficult because the system was so rigid. Up yeah. until a certain point, it's very difficult when you're playing in such a rigid system for a whole season and in your sense a whole cycle at college for one game here and there to change. And th- I think that's where maybe that system was limited as a sense and would have really, really challenged you as a player. But as you said, you had amazing players in there who, who were so, including yourself, um, who were able to adapt, I suppose. Just a very interesting style of football. I always found it intriguing and always wanted yeah. to know what the, pe- what the players who, who played it think of it, you know. From county, so kind of... Yeah. You know, Nadine mentioned it about a manager's style of play, and I suppose for yourself it is all about adapting because at certain stages you would have been college, club, and county, and each manager probably wanted you to play a different style of football. So, how can you adapt your game to that, or is it all about your mindset, or how do you do it? Um, I suppose your mindset is a big thing, you know, focus in and you take every game as it comes, especially when it's one point in the O'Connor Cup time and, you know, you had your game on Wednesday, you had your league game on a, a Sunday or a Saturday, you know, you know, your championship for college and your league for uh, county. So, you know, I was looking at the last night and uh, playing inside for both county and college. So this year I'm kind of playing more in the half on the line for county. So I definitely think it would have been a bit different then because... In, in counting out this year, I'm kind of I'm up the field a bit more, whereas last year I would have kind of been close to the goal. So, um, it just happened last year that I kind of had two similar positions. You mentioned the players you played against. I suppose playing with them, and then obviously the girls you played with, with Calvin, you do learn so much from being around them. Yeah, you know, I was saying with um, you know, Ashley and Sarah, I lived with them as well, and Marin Atkinson, and. You know, I actually met the three of them last year in championship, so Tipperary, <laughs> Monaghan, and Mayo, and then the Dublin girls as well, and um, we met them in championship. So, you know, you leave it on the pitch or whatever happens, happens. But, uh, you still have to take tricks, I suppose, from them, you know, you might be able to 
give us a little hint of one of your players to like us because they say that. But um, yeah, you do learn a lot. Yeah, my brother used to always say, once the jerseys put on, friendships are at the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> once across the white line. How are you finding it, um, though, with with your business? Um, I'm not surprised you went into something on the sports side. Um, it's been quiet now because I was covering a lot like um, of men's teams last year, you know, doing the sideline and the kind of physical side of things. But it's quiet now just because they haven't started up. But um you know, sometimes it's good in one way because I know so much about injuries and, you know, and thoughts that anything ever happened. You know, I was there for one moment, broke her leg. But then and they might have a game on the same time as I have a yeah. game or something, or you might be spending your weekend on a football pitch. But um, it's what I love to do. You know, we go playing football and I always want to work something um, along the field. So, you know, I do enjoy it. How are you going to find it, though, as you said, when you're playing games and there'll be games could be clashing? Um, look, it'll be time management. So the manager, you know, if, if I was asked to cover a team, mm-hmm. they're never, you know, they understand that I'm playing county football yeah. or I'm playing club or something. So they're never actually, you know, they'll always find someone else. So, you know, um, I remember last year some of the players used to call down to my house even the morning of their game, like their game I receive and just... And I take a quick look at them, or even during the week, because it was a small horn men, so, you know, they call in, I put on the catch, and I start the physio bed kind of thing. But, um, yeah, no, it wasn't bad at all. And, you know, I have a good understanding, and I know most of the things, so it's fine. Would you ever, during a match, feel like you, uh, if you see someone going down or someone needs help, would you go over? Um, yeah, I would. I'd be very, especially, mm. I, I, I never know like, yeah. It was hard to get physical and especially at training. Like, it was a training I definitely over because, you know, kind of on your toes, but I'm saying that, like, I have none of my equipment or anything with me, but, you know, it's just even to make sure that the players are right or that it's nothing too serious and just to be there for help. Hasn't the game changed, Nadine, so much? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, obviously the pace of the game, the physicality of the game, the skills, it's all, you know, they've all changed in 10 years. And I suppose what that brings... Uh, more injuries, more bumps, more bruises. Um, we're still a long way off having, you know, an ambulance there at every league match. Um, there still is in parity there. And it's going to, you know, you'd hope that something really bad doesn't happen someday. But, um, you know, there's a few incidents I remember calling to mind. Um, it's actually Cavan Mee's game. I don't know, it's a number of years ago, but Geraldine Doherty from Mee's, fantastic footballer, she, um, she suffered a compound fracture. Um, and there was nobody on hand for a long, long time, you know. So, yeah, things have come on, but there's we're still a, a long way off. You yeah, know? we definitely are. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you because I'm just thinking of an incident happened a couple of years ago in a, a junior B final in Longford where uh, one of the players and she got a nasty injury, a facial injury, and I think it was like an hour or so over, had to oh, wait yeah. for an ambulance and that, and it was the yeah. freezing cold and had to go in with and no one could move her because obviously because you need just the proper equipment and everything there you know say outside of you know club matches let's say because i think men's and women's is nearly they're both as bad as each other at times outside of a senior men's you know division one or senior championship but i think when it comes to a national football league or you know championship um there should be civil defense or an ambulance or something there Absolutely. There are some games, don't get me wrong, and 
with that I find strange? Is it the county team who organises that themselves or, or what is it? But it's something that Congress possibly should look at um, down the line because you really don't want a serious incident and you don't want somebody who's playing a match. Like Ashley really shouldn't feel the need to have to go yeah. over and tend to somebody on her own team or somebody yeah. else's team. At the end of the day, she's not there as an athletic therapist. She's there as a county player and she's playing a match um, and dependency shouldn't be put on that person. Um, so yeah, it's that's it. Like that. when um, I suppose when Mona went down, it was the first, as I said, before the league, and we didn't have a physio training. And you know, I said enough she was my sister, so I was going to be worried. Of course, when she went down, but uh, whenever we sit in her ankle, she went down and she screamed, but she got back up to walk, and she fell again. And uh, me and Jordan obviously went over to see if she okay and leave a mess. We had a mess on the team as well. So she was very good. Me and her, like, she would have always had, um, like, she was very good with it. Um, if anyone was sick or anything, even though she was off duty as well, so we went over and we were trying to talk to her and figure it out. And, you know, Mona didn't even know her stats. And it took us a while to figure it out. And then, you know, um, the journey just had to get up and leave training and bring her to the hospital. Yeah. And then I, I, I just couldn't zone out then from what had happened. Yeah. I was like, there's really no point in me staying on a training, but um, I think even at the time, like, no one actually on the team thought it was that bad, you know, no one actually came over to see if it was okay. Like, yeah. Probably thought it was a twisted ankle or something. That's because she got back up to stand up, so they're oh. kind of like, okay. And, you know, they're trying to, oh, can you pull back into the drill? And I was like, no, like, I can't leave her here. This is before we even told her to bring her to the hospital. And then, obviously, when she went in and got the stand and she was poking her leg. Nadine about the physicality and everything but I'm noticing the amount of injuries that are occurring in the game Yeah they say L with females has always been um, it's always been so common and I think there's a number of theories um, in terms of around your menstrual cycle we retain a lot of yeah. water um, a lot of fluids and that leaves our joints and you know our tendons and whatever more susceptible to strains and tears and um, then there was the other thing remember about the blades or something that's whatever way they were uh, I don't know you know there's some people who I know girls who've done their names you know um, I think I think it's just a lot of people are unlucky um, to be honest but yeah um, I don't know what it is um, I feel in terms of smaller injuries, you know, like muscle strains yeah. and things like that, that's probably gone yeah. down because of, like, you'd know Ashley more than myself, the athletic therapy or the physio or your gym programs and yogas, Pilates, but then your incidence of more serious injuries like that possibly, yeah, maybe have gone up um, out of what we spoke about, being unlucky or just being susceptible to um, ACL injuries and then your breaks, I mean, they're just kind of freak accidents really, aren't they, like that? Yeah. Yeah, what's you know, your moan is just a, is a freak training ground one. She just just came to a point, no one was around her, no one was tackling her. Yeah. And her foot just got caught in the ground. I think there was just a little, like, it was kind of a dirty patch, and she just fell. And that was it. Like, there was yeah. no, like, the thing was, we, there was no, we were doing, like, training, and there was no one around. But um, especially then, like, you know, that kind of a freak accident, and, you know, she would have been doing her game or certain conditioning, you know, there was never anything wrong. She never actually... 
tell herself this is the first injury she had in I don't know how many years. Um, is just unlucky and then it's really appreciate females are more susceptible to that with our hips and our, our, our hip angle and our feel angle. Yeah. But then it just could be the simple thing as you landed wrong. Like that's yeah. a big thing for your function is incorrect landing. Your knee just goes in and pops. So I think especially with you can do so much injury prevention work and so much strength and conditioning and stuff like that. But um, you know, it's just so hard to prevent it. You know, if you're never going to stop everything. Maybe keeping, you know, as you said, you know, the kind of the, the smaller injuries, you know, maybe that might be managed better. But, um, you know, the crucial and stuff, I think yeah. it's just luck is a big thing as well on that one. Then when you get to my age and you go out for a bit of a jog and everything feels like something could go <laughs> at any point in time. <laughs> <That's>, Definitely nothing. <laughs> so I feel like that now. <laughs> You're literally I, on tender hooks. You're like, will I finish this 5K jog at a leisurely pace or will something go? Well, that was like us when we started <laughs> up our Gaelic for mothers and others. It was a case of, thank God yeah. there's a defibrillator in Granard because we might be using it. <laughs> I'm going to go through the fixtures for next weekend. Ashley, if you want to give your opinion on some of the games or if you want to think how the games are going to go, we'll start on Saturday. In Division 1, we have Donegal against Tipperary. Now, that would be a nice one. A Connacht Derby in Elvery's McHale Park, where Mayo play host to Galway. A nice Connacht Derby. And then in Division 2, it's an Ulster Derby between Tyrone and Armagh. I think Donegal might out Tipperary. Smaller and I feel in Armagh, you know, they're, they're really going strong. I think they're going to help do you agree with Ashley? I think? Almost. Um, I do. I think Donegal will beat Tipperary. Um by at least five points. Um, I think Mayo will beat Galway. Um, because they're at home, I think they'll take huge heart from last week. Um, and I think Galway have been tipping away nicely and they may not um, see Mayo coming. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Armagh will, will beat Tyrone. I just think they'll have too much, even away from home. Yeah, in Division 1 then on Sunday, Monaghan take on Cork and Dublin are at home to Westmead. So you're kind of looking at Cork and Dublin, maybe. Are you, Ashley, in there? Yeah, I definitely, yeah, Cork. Um, I think there'll be a bit of pressure after the last yeah. weekend there. And they'll really try now and not let that happen again. And then I think, yeah, Dublin, I think they'll, they'll start pushing on now um, and start up in their performances, I think, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cork will be smarting after that loss on Saturday. Um, and Monaghan, you, you, as we said before, you really worry for Monaghan. Um, it's funny about Monaghan, you know, their defensive record isn't that bad. They're not one of the worst in Division 1, but up front, they're really, really struggling. And, you know, usually Monaghan up front are really strong. So yeah. there's something off there. Um, yeah, I think Dublin will beat Westmead comfortably. And be interesting to see if McBowen per- continues with... Changing around, making changes. Um, but yeah, I think um, Cork and Dublin. Are you going to abstain, um, Ashley, from Division 2 or are you going to be uh, <laughs> neutral and uh, see how these games will go? Well, Kerry take on Wexford, Clare entertain Leash, your own Cavan play host to Waterford. Um, I actually feel it might be a close enough game, yeah. but they'll definitely probably see maybe a four or five point win Kerry. Um, I sh- I think Clare should beat Leash now. If I was putting money on, I would say Clare. You know, they are a very strong team. We play them there, and they're, they're brilliant footballers. Mm. And they'll be wanting to get their our first win under them. And then, um, 
Nadine? Uh, yeah, I think Kerry. I think Kerry will beat Wexford um, comfortably. Claire and Leash. I think Claire will tip it, but a draw wouldn't surprise me either. Um, even though Leash are at the bottom, they're you know they're due another you know good performance. Cavan and Waterford. There's there's a good bit of history there, Ashton. Kind of isn't there? Not there, history, but they right always busy, yeah. Yeah, yeah like you always. Um, give each other a tough game but I think you will you know on the back of your good performance there at the weekend you're kind of plodding along now I think um, Cavan will beat Waterford Right we'll move on to Division 3 Roscommon play down Kildare take on Offaly Longford are at home to Tabletoppers Meath and Sligo entertain Wicklow I think Sligo um, will get by Actually, I could actually see a draw probably in that one. Mm. Um, Longford, or me, I could see me probably with that one comfortably. Um, Roscommon, probably. Clare and Offaly. I'm going to go with Offaly. Um, yeah, Roscommon to beat down. Um, Roscommon are going really, really well. Um, Clare and Offaly, you could say it's nearly a relegation. Yeah. Playoffs. I know there's yeah. a good few games to go. Um, it's a must win for Kildare, and I think they just might have one or two experienced footballers left there who might get them over the line. And um, Mead will beat Longford. It'll be a good game, I'd say, but I just think Mead are much yeah. stronger overall. Um, and I'm going to tip Wicklow to beat Sligo. Um, yeah. they're going very well. Yeah, I think, I think they might just nick it. Um, right. Yeah. We'll move on to Division Four. Derry play Kilkenny. Fermanagh are uh, up against Leitrim. That will be a good one. Carlo play Louth, which should be a tasty game. And Antrim are at home to Limerick. Another good game. Um, I think Derry should win that probably mm. comfortably. The Leitrim game, I, I, I think that one will be tough. Yeah. Because Leitrim do have like brilliant players. And, you know, to think and they're one just not getting the results, yeah. Carlo and Louth. I'll go with Carlo and then the other two. I'm going to go with Limerick because they have the win kind of, you know, they'll be yeah. wanting to try to get to make in the last four and that's definitely and they want to be keeping, keep getting up to the top. So yeah, I'll go with Limerick. Yourself, Nadine? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be far off that. I think Limerick will edge Antrim. Um, I think Leitrim will be for Mana for the same reasons that um Ashley highlighted. There's very good footballers in Leitrim. Um I feel like they just Coyle got it together. To hear that. Uh good, good. Well I just feel if Leitrim really, really got it together, you know, they'd get out of that division four and yeah. they'd really start pushing again. There's great history in Leitrim. There really is in terms of football. Um I could see Carlo and Lowe maybe being a draw. Um I can't really call it. If I was tipped towards one team, I'd say Louth maybe, but it could be a draw. And yeah, I think Derry will, will have too much for, for Kilkenny. Ladies, before we go, um, Ashleen, you might have heard um, our award, our Piano Lifter Award. Is there someone, Ashleen, that um, you think um, or you've seen in games or even having in that, that, you know, they don't get the recognition they deserve, but by gosh, they put in the performance? Personally, I think Blonde at Mackin. Um, I know, you know, Amy, there's always talk about Amy. Amy, and yeah. How she's one of the top players in Ireland. But I think Blonde is very good as well. And I'm um, sure he puts in a lot. And she is getting a lot of scores on as well. 
Um, and I definitely think, you know, she deserves probably a bit more recognition um, because she's, the performance that she's putting in is second to none as well. Nadine, anyone for you? Um, yeah, well, just on the weekend, Danielle Caldwell, again, she deserves a, a huge mention. Some bit of a bias in my own county. There's a so Donegal player I'd pick would be Kira Grant at the minute. She's playing corner forward um, working tremendously. She literally closes every single defender that gets on a ball. She closes them down. She chipped in with a point here or there. Um, massive, massive worker. And I can see her football getting better as the year as the year progresses. But at the minute in terms of work rate, um and as you said, piano lifting, she for me for Donegal is is at the top of her game in, in that regard. Sure, I might as well add a Longford person while I'm at it. For me, um I don't know Ashley, you might know her. Ashley Green. Okay, she scored oh, two yeah. goals yesterday and you know, you always have the other players that'll get the recognition, but the amount of work that Ashley does she is so unselfish, like she'll get a ball and there's times when you could say shoot, shoot, shoot or take a chance, but she'll spot someone, you know, either yeah, behind she, her or she'll, she, her vision is just absolutely brilliant and, you know, she, and she can play a ball as well. So, and I think, she, you know, she doesn't get the recognition because, yeah, she scores the goals and that and you kind of think, yeah, well, that's what a full forward is meant to do. But the work that she does... Yeah. Away from you know, because yeah. everyone thinks that about full forwards. Oh, yeah, should I meant to score? And you know yourself, Ashley, that people say, "Oh, sure, forwards are meant to score," but it's all about work. And I love watching the player yeah. what to do off a ball. That's work exactly off a ball. Yeah. Actually, I know Ashley from um, DCU, and like she's an unbelievable pass. Like she's yeah. definitely a very unselfish player. Yeah. Listen, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck for the rest of the year with your job and with Calvin Ladies. I must say, a great weekend for Calvin. Ladies won and uh, Mickey Graham got his uh, yeah. first win with, with Calvin today. Unfortunately, Longford beat the Hurlers. Thanks to both ladies for joining us this weekend. Stay tuned to Sports Talks social media for all the latest news and reaction from our GA games. Until next week, Slonga Fall.